Mike, Michael, try this one. Yeah, yeah, give me, pass that one over. Can you pass what you're eating too? Yeah. Here, try, try out some of these. Thank you. And then also try some of these. All right. Yeah, we're trying out uh, we're trying out Japanese snacks on today's podcast. Yeah, we thought it'd be a fun new thing to, mm-hmm. to eat and review all this all this food, this Japanese food we have in the office. Um, I'm gonna eat this one. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, kind of buttery. Yep. This one's really sweet, as you can see. Well, you can see it. Of course, it's sweet if you look at it. It tastes like toast. You should try one. Mm, I try. Wow, it's, oh, it looks like toast. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. really good. I'm gonna eat some of these. Mm-hmm. Ooh. This one's shaped like an animal and has an animal's name on it. It I says Eating Japanese pea candy. Fowl. Mm. Um and this one says Eagle. We'll we'll post we'll post uh, we'll post photographs of all these food uh, within this one says within the owl. audio file. Uh, we'll use some sort of encrypted wavelength that you can translate into a PNG, and then you guys can see what we're eating too. Because I know this is bad podcasting, but luckily we've we've come up with a solution. It could be the future, though. Could you know, people future. follow yeah, what yeah. we do. ASMR podcast food eating. Yeah, every movement needs a leader, mm-hmm. and. Until you have a follower, you're just crazy. But once you get that first follower, then you're the crazy one. Mm. I mean, they're the crazy one. Speaking of followers. Hello and welcome to Tofugu's podcast. My name is Koichi. My name is Michael. And uh, on this podcast, we talk about Japan or Japanese language related things. And today we're talking about the Japanese language in particular. We're talking about transitive and intransitive verbs. They are... It is, they is, one of the most difficult parts of Japanese language for beginners and intermediates, or I don't know, anyone who's studying Japanese usually ends up hating these. Probably. I don't know what, what that they is, they am, um, they are thing was, but uh, luckily to, to solve all that, we have a guest today, our very first guest, and uh, actually she is the, the foremost expert on transitive and intransitive verbs in the Japanese language. And also the Russian language. Please welcome Kristen. Kristen. Hi. I'm not an expert. <laughs> and I don't know Russian. Well, you traveled a long ways to be here today. Yeah, it's like, what, seven feet, I seven think? Feet seven or, feet. For our uh, rest of the world neighbors, it's probably about two meters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sounds two meters. About right. It's yeah. about sure. seven feet. Maybe yeah. a little more. Can you tell us about your journey? Um... Some, you, you told us before the show something funny happened on your way here. There was a lot of snow in Portland where it doesn't belong, so that was unfortunate. Oh, so you, you're saying you had a journey before this journey. So it wasn't just from your desk to this table over here. It was also from was some other journey. location to your desk? My home. Ooh, yes, your desk, your home. We run a tight ship here at Tofugu. Uh, some people call us a, a black company. I have to leave I my bed that, to work. Not at all. It's a it's a term. It's a term for terrible companies that like that make their employees work forever and and live at the office. And yeah, and actually, there's another there's an opposite <laughs> term. <laughs> mean it as a racist thing. To be fair, we do spend more hours here than I think anywhere else. So, if that's the that definition, be, yeah. 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 
I have a little little mattress in the closet that I just pull out to when no <laughs> a one's Murphy here and bed. I sleep. Yeah, well, at yeah. least at least we being a company about Japan, we provide futon for everybody. Yeah, to uh, one futon for everybody to share. <laughs> and Nika, <laughs> and we all we all crowd around for warmth because because I refuse to turn the heat on because heat is very expensive. And on that note, we're talking about transitive and intransitive verbs. One of the most difficult things for Japanese learners. Um, I think for me, it's one of those things where I just, I don't know, experienced a lot and then didn't really think about, and it just kind of makes sense in my mind sometimes, but not always. Uh, but there's no like special rules about it in my head, so I'm hoping that that Kristen can come in here and, and help us understand transitive and intransitive intrans- uh, words, intransitive verbs. You can say transitivity pairs if saying transitive mm. and intransitive verbs is too much. Transitivity pairs. That's transitivity pairs. That's difficult too. Difficult. It's so difficult for me. So, anyways, what do you what do you have for us? Do you have an introduction on what transitive and intransitive verbs are? Something like that. Something to to get us into this this mood of transitive and intransitive, transitivitable pairs. Sure. So basically, there are two types of verbs in Japanese, transitive and intransitive. Transitive verbs take a direct object and intransitive verbs don't. That's basically the difference between them. And when you say direct object and don't take direct object, what is a direct object? So a direct object is something in a sentence... Um, you probably learned it in middle school. Um, it's something that the verb is doing to. So something is done to something. Um, the verb is being applied to the direct object. So if you say, I'm picking up a book, the book is the direct object. What are you picking up? The book. It's like middle school So I English. picked up the book. Book is the direct object. Yes. And then the opposite of that, the intransitive, what would that be? So that would be, um, well, I wouldn't use pick up, but say um, you drop a book. I dropped the book. Mm-hmm. The book fell. There's okay. no direct object there. The, the book, book is the subject in fell. that case, and it's just falling. Nothing, you're not. So the direct object is something you're doing, that's the verb, directly to the object. Yes. You're Though it doesn't always have to be you. A lot of people think it's the difference between I'm doing it and they're doing it. Oh, I'm doing it is transitive and they're doing it is intransitive. No, it's if someone is doing something or um, the verb is being applied to something else, mm-hmm. generally noun, um, then it's, it's transitive. So something specific is doing something directly to an object. Yeah. So like the dog dropped the microphone... Mm-hmm. The microphone's the direct object, yes. but the microphone dropped and the dog was sitting there watching it, but the dog didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. That's intransitive. That's yes. spooky. It's also ghosts. Maybe also the ghost ghosts. was doing it yes. and then it turns into a transitive. And only the, dog can, only the dog can see the ghost. I don't like talking about spoopy things on this podcast. It scares me. Sorry. I'll, I'll not bring them up again. In English, do we have this? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, Speak more on that. So uh, let's do like a basic English example where it sounds like it's the same thing. Um, we can use a door opening and we'll use two different verbs. Okay. Akeru, which means to open something. It's the transitive verb. And aku, which means something opens. Mm-hmm. So if you are akeru-ing a door, you open the door. Okay. Um, or if you use aku, the door is just open. So... 
um, in English, you're still using open for both of those words. In that case, there's no difference other than how they're being used. If you were just given the word open, you're like, what is this, transitive or intransitive? You wouldn't know. Um, That's true, I don't. But there are others that translate a lot better. So there's to insert, which is ireru, mm -hmm. and then to enter, which is hairu. There's a pretty obvious difference that insert and enter aren't the same word in English. But in Japanese, they use the same kanji and they're transitivity pairs. Um, there's also like to take out, like I'm going to take some milk out of the fridge and to leave, I left, dasu and deru. They look the same and a lot of people get those confused because they have slightly different readings too, da and de. But they use the same kanji and they're a pair. But in English, it's pretty easy, like you know that you're not going to leave the milk out of the fridge. I guess that makes sense, but it's a different <laughs> that made a thing. Lot of sense just now. Yeah, it did. You're going to leave the milk out of the fridge, but really you wouldn't say, "Oh, the milk left the fridge." And I did it with my hand, I yeah. guess. I left the milk from the fridge with my hand. Yeah. Would not be right. No. I think ireru and hairu is a good example, right? Mm. Like with English and how they're different where you know, ireru is insert, right? So you put some what is your example? You put some soup in the bowl, mm -hmm. and then haidu is to enter, to enter the building. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't do the opposite or the, the other other way on the pairs where you, you don't enter, enter soup into the bowl, and and you don't you don't insert yourself into the building even though that's technically correct. Right. Like the idea is there. Yeah. The concept of something moving into something else is there, but in English we use two different verbs, and in Japanese they almost always use two different verbs. Right. And a lot of people think that they're oh, well, they're the same thing because they use the same kanji a lot of the time. The reading for the kanji is the same, but the endings will be different, um, and that'll determine which one it is. That's, that's, uh, it seems like, so like the, the kanji itself has the, the idea inside of it, like mm -hmm. the concept of entering or going inside something. Right. Um, which is just a, just a little, little, little point there about why it's important to learn kanji, everybody. Kanji is very important. Yeah. Everyone important should study. Even for speaking. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's, I was trying to explain this to someone the other day who didn't want to learn how to read. And I was like, you know, just imagine if you're illiterate in your own country, like how many opportunities are lost and how little you can, you can actually learn unless you're actually talking to someone. Whereas if you have reading, you can do both and you can use reading to help with your, your speaking and listening as well. Anyways, that was a tangent. Earning our explicit tag is what we're doing. So... <laughs> To, to get us back, uh, there's there's pair meanings, right, that are like to decide and to be decided, right, and to cut and to be cut. So isn't this this seems like active and passive voice to me? Is that what transitivity pairs are? Just mm. active and passive? No, they're not <gasps> no. the same. Oh my god! So this is another really common misconception that I think a lot of people get because if you try to look up the difference between intransitive and transitive on websites they'll give you a lot of really strange wrong answers or but their examples the internet, will be exceptions Christian? well yeah isn't it always right on the internet always but in this case uh the japanese websites are right but a lot of the time they are understood wrong mm -hmm. and um i think a lot of teachers have difficulty impressing upon their students what's actually being what's actually supposed to be understood as opposed to you should memorize these verb pairs. And a lot of the time people will say like, well, to decide and to be decided, that's really easy. Like it's just active and passive voice, but it's not the same. It's because 
like a door being open and a door being opened, we don't have two separate verbs in English to to express the same or to express these different meanings. So we have to use the passive voice as a way to differentiate. What it should really be is um, to decide something and something is decided or something gets decided. It's because of our need to put two in front of verbs that we have this weird passive voice definition in a lot of dictionaries. Like the most common dictionary is probably the one used by gshow.org, made by Jim Breen. And that one has so many passive definitions because they have to have to something as their verb, you know, definition. Um, but it's not the same. So, uh, basically if you don't know what active and passive voice is, um, it's like I got my hair cut versus my hair was cut by someone. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're changing what the, uh, I believe it's, you're changing the subject or something. Hold on, I have to think about it in my head now. Yeah, you're changing like how the the verb is. Oh my God, the ghost is back. The ghost is <laughs> touching here. my the chair. The ghost is the intransitive verb. Trying to bail me out of not understanding active and passive well enough to explain it. But so it's, it's a very like vague concept. I think that's part of the. Problem, I don't think it's, it's vague. Not. I think that it's not taught well in schools, and it certainly wasn't taught to me. I had to learn it on my own when I was learning Japanese. Yeah, mm -hmm. I certainly do not understand it. Um, but so, so <laughs> instead of saying. I kicked the soccer ball. The soccer ball was kicked by me. Yeah. You're changing the, I think it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the tense of the verb, but it's something very similar. So instead of saying, well, I kicked it, it was kicked by me. So it's, it seems to me that, um, and I'm trying to understand this along with everyone, that like in English, we've just got most of the time, it's like one verb. It's like open. It's not necessarily one or the other. And we use tenses or voices to differentiate whether it's active or passive. Whereas in Japanese, active or passive isn't necessarily an issue. It's just transitive or intransitive. It's like the it's baked into the verb. Right, because we don't conjugate verbs in English. Well, we do, but not in the same way that most other languages do. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I know that when I was learning Japanese, I had learned Latin first, and I was like, oh, ver like endings for everything. That's so much easier. Like the tense, the... Um, the like past, present, whatever, all of that is baked into like singular plural, though Japanese doesn't normally have it. But a lot of that is told by the endings on the ends of the verbs. Mm -hmm. And in Latin, it's very similar. So um, if you, if you like learn that first, you'll be like, oh, endings, so easy. Like I totally understand all this syntax and it's simple, but in English, it's a lot harder because we don't have those endings and it's in the ordering of um, your sentence, which kind of sucks. I'm glad mm -hmm. I don't have to learn English as a second language. Ugh, me too. Yeah. Because I hated syntax classes. So bad. English is the worst language, everybody. Yeah, stop using it. Yep. Learn Japanese. Everyone instead. should learn my new language. No. Which I'm <laughs> What's your new on. language? I don't know what it is yet, but I... It's a secret, I, secret say project. No. Okay. Bananagrams. It's, uh, yes, it's all a language made up of bananas. To save to save the bananas before they go extinct, but I can't talk anymore on that. Uh, so we we talked about passive impa um, passive passive active right active and passive words. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the same at all. Don't right. don't ever look at intransitive and transitive and see active and passive meanings. Go oh that's the difference. It's not what it is. It's just to do something to something else or something is being done to something. 
there's a direct object or there isn't. That's it. So that's that's one big misconception that people have. Uh, what about another way that I hear people trying to figure it out is through particles. Like, is that is that a, a way to do it? Um, you can, but I don't think that's a healthy way to. Not healthy. I don't think it's it's a bad way to look at things basically you're training your mind to stare at the particle and figure it out from there mm. when really you should be looking at the sentence as a whole is there a direct object yes or no and a particle like oh is telling you there's a direct object so yes you can look at that and say oh there's an oh it's definitely you know transitive or it's using ga or wa there's only a subject there's no direct object that's fine if you if you have to use that, but it feels more like a crutch. I think it's going to slow you down, and it's important to just read the sentence and not focus so... People focus so much on particles, and it really gets a lot of people stuck because they, f they focus too much on it. Um, and I think that if you're, you're trying to write like Sakabun every week and your professor's like, you're doing all your particles wrong, maybe you should do a refresher. But if you're just trying to learn verbs don't be like this is transitive so i need to have an o no think transitives verbs take a direct object direct objects are marked by o think of it differently um don't just zone in on them um i think that's bad another thing i want to mention because i don't think we've talked about it is a lot of people think that there are enders that you can follow because a lot of them yeah. they all share the same kanji right so like oh, i see like, oh, all intransitives have eru at the end, and all transitives have, I don't know, aru. That's, that's wrong. There are patterns. Yes, there are patterns of like, this set of 20 all take aru and eru. They're all different. There's exceptions everywhere. Don't use any of those lists. They're just going to confuse you, and you're going to get a bunch of weird patterns stuck in your head. Please don't do that. That's just my, my request. Please don't look at those terrible pattern lists. They're bad for you. So look at the sentence, learn the learn the individual words and what they do with the sentence. Look at look at the sentence as a whole. Look at the sentence as a whole. Nothing nothing is in a vacuum. Yeah. So you, you can, shouldn't think of it that way. You can realize that there's particles that are there and the particles have to do with the pieces of the sentence, but you shouldn't focus on the particles. Particles are markers. If you're struggling, look at the particle and it'll tell you what you're looking at. But if you are at the point where you're learning the difference between transitive and intransitive verbs, not just thinking like, you know, subject, verb, whatever, you really, you really need to go back and learn basic sentence structure, learn about particle usage before you start going into like the differentiation between the verbs. You have to do your basics first. Um, so if you're, if you're using particles as a crutch, you might need to go back and relearn your particles. So that might be a good thing for people to know since you mentioned like, you know, you should learn basic particles, learn sentence structure. Like when should people start studying transitive and transitive? Is this like upper beginner, intermediate, or is um, there really a good time to start learning these? I would say upper beginner. I wouldn't say learn it like right when you're learning. Usually you learn greetings first and then you start learning some basic nouns. You learn some basic, you know, verb phrases. Um, once you learn all your conjugations, you got your particles down, you, you can start looking at, okay, what are these verbs actually doing? What's the difference? Um, yeah, I can open a door, but can a door be open? Like then you can start looking more into it, but you really have to have your basic beginner stuff down first. I think I looked in, um, the new versions of the Genki textbooks and they don't teach 
transitivity pairs until like near the middle or end of the second beginner book. Um, so I think if that gives you a, a pretty good idea mm-hmm. of where you should be, um, I'm a, I learned, started learning through Genki. So I'm a big supporter of their, their progression. It's very, it's very class classroom based, but I think that it's a good progression style. So, um, definitely make sure you learn your verbs, make sure you learn your conjugations, you know, your particles, you understand basic sentence structure. Um, and then you can start looking at transitivity pairs. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't do it before then. And is there there a best way to study them? Like once you get to that point and you're like, I'm upper beginner, I'm at that point in Genki, I want to start studying them. Well, you're already going to know a few um, because all verbs are going to be categorized as one or the other because, you know, you either have a direct object or you don't. Um, though there are some exceptions where I think there are a few that can either be both or um, they're like weird and unusual. Um, a lot of people tell you to memorize them in pairs that's okay in the beginning. So if you're learning, like I'm learning deru and dasu and deru, that's okay. It's important that you know the difference. So you're going to learn them right away. Um, but if you're like way in the future and you need to learn like the difference between some really weird ones, like a lot of them are like really advanced kanji that you're not going to learn until you're studying for N2, if you even do that. Um, and the differences between just like an ending of Eru and Aru, um, don't learn those in pairs. Learn them as you're studying vocabulary. And then whenever you're learning a new verb, just look it up in the dictionary and check to see what the pair is. And if you really want to study them as pairs, do it using collocations. So look up a verb and then check to see how it's normally used. What nouns are it, uh, are used with it? Um, what situations is it used in? And that'll help you make connections so that you don't just think, oh, crap, is this a transitive or intransitive? I know I know them both, but I don't know which one's which anymore. So learn them in the context. Don't just sit down with a list of pairs and um, and definitions and try to memorize them because that's not going to work mm-hmm. for most people. So does does every Japanese verb have a pair? Are all Japanese verbs transitivity um, pairs sometimes there are ones that are just never used so you'll see one that's intransitive and you'll never see like there will be a transitive pair that exists mm-hmm. but like look it up on g-show and you'll see that there's it's like doesn't even have a little common thing next to it uh it's never used or sometimes you'll see that like it isn't even listed because it just isn't used anymore mm-hmm. um there are plenty of lists you can go find if you want to but honestly i think that as you're learning japanese Um, and you start thinking, well, I want to start paying attention to what these verbs are doing. Um, Go to an online dictionary, type in the kanji, and see what verbs are associated with it. Um, And usually the first two you see will be the pairs. So what if someone just doesn't want to study them, and they're just like, oh, transitivity pairs, they're just not for me. Can can they just skip over <laughs> the tra- can they skip That's over transitive and intransitive? I mean, you don't have to know. Like, you don't have to. S- if someone asks you out of the blue, "Hey, is this transitive or intransitive?" You don't have to know. Just know, like, well, I know that aku is is used without a direct object. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Or, well, aku doesn't do anything to anything else. That's the basic knowledge you need to know about this. But you should understand that not all verbs do everything, that not all verbs are the same just because they have the same kanji. Mm -hmm. Mostly because 
if you go around using the wrong verb and you're like, whatever, I learned one. I don't need to know the other one. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up saying really weird stuff. Like, I think the favorite, I was trying to come up with some examples. And the best one that I did was if you go up to someone, you're like, hey, can you enter some cheese into my sandwich? What? Yeah. I, l- the idea <laughs> is there. Yeah. Explicit tag. Yeah. Please, please enter some cheese into my sandwich. No, put some cheese <laughs> in my sandwich. Or, hey, can you... Oh, let's see. What are some other good ones? Uh, I I grew up my kids. You what? Do your kids? I grew them up. I grew them up. Yeah, yeah. You watered them every day. I I raised in, I I raised in Connecticut. I raised myself in Connecticut. What? You grew up in Connecticut? No, I raised. No. So you can see how it sounds really weird in English. Mm-hmm. It's gonna sound weird in Japanese. People are gonna get the idea, and they'll probably be like. Mm. What did you say? But they'll know what you mean. So one thing I want to point out is that, you know, these these pairs are a little bit difficult and and it is a little bit confusing, especially coming from English. So, you know, you are going to make mistakes. And, and, you know, even though even though we're saying like, oh, okay, one's wrong once and the other one's not. uh, Don't don't try not to worry about making mistakes. Like, go ahead. And even if you do go out and say like, oh, I raised in Connecticut, you know, that's okay because someone is going to fix it. And when someone fixes it, then you're going to learn the correct way to say it. And that's the only, the only way to do it because you are going to make these mis- mistakes for sure. And that's okay. Just, you know, it's, a, it's more of a race to see who can see how many of these mistakes you can make and how many of them you can fix. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to try. And when people point it out to you, you'll remember that moment forever. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you'll never forget that verb and it's great. Yeah. It's like the best lesson the, the things that stick in my head the most are when I made some mistake and like, oh, you should, it's this way. And I'm like, oh, I'll remember that forever now. Mm-hmm. Whereas like whenever I just study it in a book, it takes a lot longer for it to stick. And I think, I think that might be the best way to learn these two is just to make sure you try to use it and make sure you have some sort of system where you can find the mistakes and you can fix them at least eventually. Um, one thing, studying them is tough. And one thing that I remember you said Koichi uh, a little while ago, we were talking about mistakes so you said like when you make a mistake like people you're always afraid that people are gonna sort of you know jump down your throat or, or think you're dumb but most people are just like oh i want to help you know 90 90 percent 90 plus percent people are really nice and want to help there's very few people that are going to be jerks to you and if you think of yourself doing the same thing in that situation you're not doing it to be mean you're you're doing it to help too and you know you just have to think of that inside the other person's mind mm-hmm also, a lot of Japanese people won't point it out to you anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I think something <laughs> else I'm going to say is that if you do have some kind of language exchange or you're in a Japanese classroom in Japan, make sure you kindly um, let the person who you're speaking with know that you want them to correct you. Mm-hmm. Not like interrupt you after every word because that's not just kindly, rude. you know. Yeah, like like <laughs> if you're, if you're the kind of person who who would remember best if someone stopped you mid sentence and said, "Hey, hey, no, that's wrong." Tell them to do that. It might take a little bit for them to like actually do it, yeah. but especially if you're one of those people who's self taught, self taught, and you're at home and you're doing Skype calls with people or using one of those apps to speak with other people. When you first start talking to them, say, "I want you to correct me. Don't. It's totally okay. You have you can interrupt me." Because if you don't do that, a lot of the time they'll let little things slide, probably like 
intransitive and transitive stuff because yeah. it'll be like, oh, it's close enough. But, but yeah, yeah, they'll understand you, but you want to sound good and you want to use proper Japanese. And so tell them to tell them to interrupt you. I would even I would even stop like mid sentence sometimes and be like, oh, is, is that right? Is that wrong? Mm-hmm. Just like get that. Give that permission mm-hmm. over and over again. We, we've turned into different topics now. Well, it's all tied all together. Good topics. So, so on that note, uh, is there is there any any uh, high level conclusion that you you have for us before we send you back to your desk across to my seven desk? Feet away. Um, don't freak out. Japanese takes time, and uh, transitivity pairs sound scary because transitive and intransitive are big big words that we don't see often. But it's really just. Are you doing something to something else or is something just happening? Yeah, we talked about ghosts today. So in comparison, these are not very scary at all. No, unless the ghost is actually doing something. If you have a transitive ghost, you should probably leave. Yeah, because it's doing something to the direct object and the direct object is you. Yeah. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.